Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Monday, September 26th, 2022. I am Dave Biddle flying solo on today's show. So a lot to get into. Um, we've got uh, 13 questions specifically from Bucknut subscribers that I'm going to get into. Uh, every question from the mailbag we're going to get into. Um, going to retweet the show here real quick, and then we're going to get into all these questions. We've got 13 questions specifically, a lot of good ones. Didn't leave any of them on the cutting room floor, so uh, appreciate everybody who asked the questions, and we're going to get into it right now. All right, we're going to start right at the top. Uh, this is from Spin Doctor. It says, Dave, is it the offensive scheme or the players that had the offense running so well the other night against Wisconsin? I'm paraphrasing here a little bit. Uh, he said, at times it looked like the uh, offense was just drawing up plays in the dirt. Um no, I, you know, when they when CJ's doing those checks, that's that's Ryan. They are that's pre-planned. Um, you know, where Ryan is feeding him uh that uh, that information. I'm sure you're saying that a little bit tongue in cheek, but yeah, I mean, um that's the offensive scheme. Um, you know, in addition to players that are playing at an extremely high level with CJ Stroud, who's the runaway favorite for the Heisman Trophy. You look at the odds now, he's he's the clear favorite over Bryce Young. Um and Mecca Egbuka. And the offensive line, the running backs, Marvin Harrison Jr. I mean, just go with Cade Stover. We're going to talk about some of those guys and some of those units later. So it's both. I'm going to take the easy answer, but I do think it's the correct one. It's both. It's the scheme and it's the players. It's a quite the quite the combination. Um, all right, number two. This is from G.A. Buckgrad. It says, what is the likelihood that the young corners will continue to play more? Well, that'll depend on health, and you could argue it'll depend on production, too, although I think if Cam Brown's healthy, he's definitely going to play, fifth-year senior. Denzel Burke, 
mystery. It's not like seven banks level mystery of last year, but it, it is a mystery with him. He didn't play. Um, was in street clothes during a practice when the media was over there and we were told it was nothing, but whatever. Uh, it's weird. So it's going to depend. Um, and we're going to get into later. Someone has a question about which uh, young DBs I thought, which young corners I thought looked best. We'll get into that later. But the likelihood to answer the question that the young corners will continue to play more, uh, if, if they continue to be down to just three scholarship corners, all of which are freshmen, J.K. Johnson is a redshirt freshman, but Jair Brown, who started along with him, true freshman, Ryan Turner, true freshman, those are your three healthy corners right now. Jordan Hancock still isn't practicing. Uh, Denzel Burke held out of the game. Cam Brown, who can't seem to stay healthy. Um, hopefully it was more of a precaution where they realize, it, you know, Wisconsin, we're going to get after them. We believe in these young guys, and, and we don't think Wisconsin can throw the ball well anyway. Hopefully that's what it is. But it's reason for concern because you only have six scholarship corners on the roster anyway, which, as you guys know, if you've heard me talk, I'm, I love Ryan Day, but he's not perfect. That's roster mismanagement right there. And it's not just him. He's got staff that helps with this too. Um, you can't have just six scholarship corners on the roster because then what happens if half of them get hurt, um, including, you know, both starters and then the, the guy who was supposed to be the number three. So it's not just half of them are hurt. Right now they're down to number four, five, and six, all of whom are freshmen. Not good. Now hopefully a couple things here. Hopefully they're able to get healthy. I don't think any of them are – thought to be season ending or anything close to that. And Ohio state doesn't have any really good passing teams on the horizon that they have to face. So, you know, Rutgers, Iowa, need I say more? All right. Number three on the agenda here. This is from slim kid. Do I think Jim Knowles is satisfied with the amount of sacks and tackles for loss this year? No, I don't. And here's why. So I added it up. So the Buckeyes do have 30 tackles for loss and nine, and that includes nine sacks through four games. So in a nutshell, that doesn't sound too bad, right? You know, four games, 30 tackles for loss, and that includes nine sacks. So nine sacks and then 21 tackles for loss, really, is how they should do that, in my opinion. But you break it down further, only nine of those 30 tackles for loss happened in the uh, Notre Dame and Wisconsin games combined. 21 of the 30 happened against Toledo and Arkansas State combined. So there's no way Knowles is happy with that. The two games they've played, a good opponent, well, two times they've played at least a, not a bad opponent. Um, they Toledo's not bad. I shouldn't say Toledo's bad. They even went to, you know, San Diego State's a decent team, and they went out there and only lost 17 to 14. So Toledo's decent. They might win the MAC. But you guys know what I'm saying. Against the two, like, you know, teams that are supposedly good that they've played so far have not been disruptive enough. Now, I think overall Jim Knowles is happy. Maybe not happy. Um, I'm happy with the defense. I wouldn't say I'm thrilled. Yeah, they've, they've given up too many big plays, but I love the way they attack. Um, I love how, you know, just aggressive they are. I love the way Knowles mixes things up. And I think those tackles for loss and sacks will come at a higher rate. Again, it's not bad, but only nine – combined against Notre Dame and Wisconsin 21 combined against uh, Toledo and Arkansas state. So you got to get better when you play good teams. Cause what, what's the end game here? It's not to look great against Toledo or even to look great against Wisconsin. It's to win the national championship. And that means you're going to have to go through Alabama, Georgia, 
And before you get there, you're going to have to go through Penn State and, and Michigan and then probably Minnesota. But then really, what's – I mean, who, who are you really comparing yourself against if you're this Ohio State team with this loaded roster and this loaded coaching staff? You're comparing yourself against Georgia and Alabama, those two teams. Okay. Number four, 32 Buckeye forever. First of all, I want to give him credit. All offseason, he was saying Kate Stover's going to have a huge year. I'm like, okay. Kate Stover, it, I, I love Kate Stover, former Mr. Football. This is the typical every year, you know, somebody goes in, you know, touting a tight end. 32 Buckeye uh, forever was right. Kate Stover looks like a beast, and, and he's shown it since game one this year. He can, I mean, Kate Stover looks great now, but the, the question, so I want to give this guy props because he's been on our message board talking about Kate Stover for a long time. I want to give him his necessary props. <clears throat> he's not afraid to tell you that he told you, by the way, 32 Buckeye forever. He's not afraid to remind people, hey, I told you about Kate Stover, but you did. So props to you, sir. The question is, will we see the wild Cade formation where you get Cade Stover, you know, who, uh, had like 190 tackles in a season during high school and rushed for over 1,700 yards and 17 touchdowns. That's how you win Mr. Football in the state of Ohio. And the runner-up that year was Mayan Williams. Cade was a senior. Mayan was a junior. So 32 Buckeye fan forever. Or 32 Buckeye forever wants to know, will we see the wild Cade formation where they just snap the ball to Cade and he just slams it in there like Tim Tebow style? <clears throat> I mean, I don't think so, but – Man, Ryan Day's running you fullback dives. Love it. Absolutely love it. So uh, I don't think we'll see the wild Cade formation, but hey, maybe they will throw it in there. Warrior Buck wants to know my thoughts on the new coaches. Jim Knowles, Justin Fry, Tim Walton, Perry Eliano. Feels like Ryan Day, especially with, and Walton and Eliano were very good hires, but the two that he needed to hit home runs with were Knowles and Fry. And I think he did hit home runs with both of them. You could say he hit grand slam home runs with both of them. I, I you know, and, and I just, Knowles especially being the head coach of the defense was the, the super important one, obviously. And I, I, the early returns, again, not perfect, not perfect. But this Knowles defense is going to give up its share of big plays. He said himself, keep it to less than five. He can, considers big plays 20 yards or more. Keep them to less than five because we're going to get tackles for loss and sacks and even if they're not as many as he wants right now they're still being extremely disruptive overall I like where this defense is so I think Ryan Day hit it out of the park with all four of those men love this coaching staff absolutely love it you know and the guys that he retained you know I I think Brian Hartline's the best at what he does Tony Alford if he's not the best running backs coach in the country including recruiting and the, the way he handles the team he's kind of like the team dad you know, in addition to everything else, great running backs coach, the way he develops guys, guys just get better and better and better and better and better. Um, JK Dobbins was good as a freshman. And then as a junior, he, he had the only 2000 yard season in Ohio state history. So JK Dobbins was good already. Tony Oliver just made boom, 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 kept developing him. And JK Dobbins was just an absolute beast that last year. Trey Sermon looked like, didn't even look like an Ohio State caliber running back to me, honestly, during that 2020 season early. And then by the end of the year, he went on that three-game run. He looked like Ezekiel Elliott he was running so violently. That's Tony Alford. So I love this coaching staff. I like the guys that they, you know, retained. Larry Johnson, Brian Hartline, Tony Alford, Corey Dennis. Um, and, you know, obviously the behind-the-scenes guys. Not behind-the-scenes, really, but Mickey Marotti's huge. Mark Pantone's huge. And then you bring in these four guys – 
that's why I love this. I love this roster and I love this coaching staff. This is this is the year. Injuries concern me a little bit, though. Jackson Smith and Jigba, that concerns me. This is not hindsight 2020. We talked about it. Like, why are you going to play him against Toledo when, of all injuries in sports, it seems like hamstrings linger more than anything. Then what happens? He gets re-injured and then can't play. And now he probably won't play for a few weeks. You know, that's one to keep an eye on right there. You know, they might not have Smith and Jigba for a while. Of course, if Emeka Ibuka and uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. continue to play on an All-American level, Especially Emeka. Emeka is the one putting up the stats we thought JSM would put up. Emeka Ibuka looks fantastic. It's, I mean, obviously, so does Marvin Harrison Jr. He got banged up a little bit. So Emeka was able to completely steal the show. Man, does Emeka look good. Great hands. Fast, quick, and tough. Tough. You got to be tough. He is. He's tough. He's not scared of anything. Okay, this next one. I almost don't even want to answer this. This is this is one that any Buckeye fan out there would struggle with, okay? But I'm going to answer it. Buck's grad. He wants to know my personal favorite Buckeye of all time, and he makes it clear, not necessarily the best or the fastest or whatever you want to say, etc. my personal favorite Buckeye of all time. I'm thinking, man, there's so many candidates here. You immediately go to your childhood, right? If you, At least I do. You know, I think, you know, when I first fell in love with the Buckeyes, when I was a little kid, you know, with like Keith Byers, uh, who should have won the Heisman that year, if not for that Hail Mary from uh, Doug Flutie against Miami, 1984. It was, was I like seven years old, eight years old. Uh, Keith Byers, Chris Spielman, Chris Carter, those guys, but specifically Keith Byers and Chris Spielman. I, those guys came to mind. Guys like Antoine Winfield came to mind. Of course, Eddie George, Troy Smith, all, all these guys, all these guys come to mind. But the one that I picked, Orlando Pace. And you said don't pick the best, but that that's a that's a big reason. He's 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 um you know, you can make the argument in Ohio State's had, even just even Ohio State, you go back, Jim Parker, there's been I mean, even Ohio State's had some great offensive tackles. You could argue he's the best offensive tackle in college football history. I mean, Anthony Munoz probably, but Anthony Munoz was actually a better pro than he was in college because I, I believe he had missed a lot of time at USC because of injuries. Orlando Pace started from day one and dominated from day one. But here's what puts it over the top for me. To give it a personal anecdote, in, in addition to uh, Orlando being a great player, um, fantastic in the NFL as well, number one overall pick, perennial pro bowler, um, Super Bowl winner. Um, let me tell you something else. So my freshman year at Ohio State, I stayed at Moral Tower. And this is back when f- football players just lived with regular students. They don't do that anymore. Um, so 1994, fall of 1994, we're moving in. We, when I'll never forget getting in the elevator and I knew who he was. This is before classes started and he introduced himself. Hi, hi, I'm Orlando, you know, just very unassuming. God. Hi, Mr. Pace. Um, and turns out he lived, we lived on the 13th floor. Mor- Moral Tower has a 13th floor. They don't do this nonsense where they don't have a 13th floor like hotels do. Um, so we, we had our suite and then in the very next suite was Orlando Pace. His roommate was John Lumpkin, another very large human. And Orlando could not have been more down to earth. Even after he became an immediate star, he was still that same guy. We're coming and just hang out with a bunch of nerdy guys like us. Um, you know, come over to the next suite, hang out with us, watch TV, um, down to earth guy, great guy. Great player. So there's my favorite Buckeye of all time is Orlando Pace. 
Um, shout out to my uh, former roommates at 13th floor Moral Tower, by the way, too. Great year, freshman year in, in college. And you have Orlando Pace living next door to you, and he's a hell of a nice guy. So that, that couldn't have worked out any better. Um, okay, next one. Uh, this is also from Bucks grad. He says, Kyle McCord reminds him of Craig Krenzel. And he's talking about his leadership and toughness and the way he carries himself. Okay, I mean, I I can get down with that. I, I would need to see him like run like uh, Krenzel did. and But he does carry himself like a leader. I agree with that. I don't know if he, he's into molecular genetics like Krenzel. Here's the massive difference. And I, this isn't what Bucks grad was saying, but here's the massive difference. I mean, Kyle McCord's got a cannon. He can throw that football all over the lot. I mean, Krenzel had a noodle arm. As much as we love CK, I mean, he had a noodle arm. And he wasn't as accurate as – I mean, he his. I looked up his, his completion percentage. Overall at Ohio State, Krenzel, his career, 56% completion percentage. By comparison, C.J. Stroud, 72%. And, and trust me, I know a Ryan Day offense is a little bit more quarterback-friendly than early Jim Tressel offense at Ohio State. A little bit more quarterback-friendly, I get that. But still, um, Krenzel's uh, completion percentage, 56% at Ohio State. It went up to 59.9 the year that they won the national championship in 2002. Then it fell back to like 55% his senior year in 2003. So Krenzel wasn't very accurate. Um, Touchdown-interception ratio wasn't very good. I mean, C.J. Stroud, 72% completion percentage, 16 touchdowns, one interception. So Craig Krenzel, not a very good arm. So I can't really see the comparison with Kyle McCord unless you're just talking about leadership. Okay, the eighth question here. Fox R2001 wants me to give an honest appraisal of Michigan and Penn State. What do I see out of them? What challenges could they present? Well, of course I'm going to give an honest appraisal. You think I was going to give a dishonest appraisal? No, I I, I hear you. Um, Let's start with Penn State. I've really only watched them start to finish once, and that was Auburn. And Auburn's not good, but I was still more impressed with Penn State than I expected. Here's why. I expected Penn State to win that game even at Auburn, but they won 41-12. to 12. And if you're like, oh, well, I expected that. Well, I hope you won some money because the spread was like, what was Penn State favored by, like uh, three and a half or something like that? I mean, it was expected to be at least somewhat of a close game. Penn State was favored at Auburn, but still blew the doors off Auburn. Now, they were more physical than Auburn, which did not surprise me. Here's what surprised me. They were clearly faster. Even though Auburn's not good, usually, like even if they're not good, they're really fast. They have overall team speed. Penn State was faster than them. Penn State's running backs were faster than their DBs. Their Penn State's wide receivers were fast. Penn State's DBs were fast. I mean, they Penn State's got speed at the skill position. They were, I can't say it enough. Now, is Penn State faster than Georgia and Alabama? No, but to be go down to Auburn, and I don't care that Auburn's not good. They're, like I said, they're, they're going to be a fast team, and Penn State was faster. That being said, you better have a dynamic quarterback to stay with this Ohio State team for 60 minutes. I don't see that out of Sean Clifford. And Drew Allaire, while he might be a future star um, and has looked good here in garbage time here and there, he, he doesn't have enough experience. If he's thrown in there against this Ohio State defense, it's going to come at you from all angles. Good luck. I just don't see Sean Clifford being able to hang with Ohio State for 60 minutes. And you better have a dynamic quarterback because Ohio State, this defense will get after you. They are markedly improved. And we know what this offense could do. And this offense is getting better and better and better. That's a good Wisconsin defense. Don't get it confused. The Buckeyes could do whatever they wanted early in that game before they took their foot off the gas. They're up 28 to nothing before you could blink. They demolished 
that Wisconsin defense. So Penn State's a good team. Okay, I'm not overlooking them, and I know that's going to be a hostile environment. Even though it's not a wideout, it's still going to be tough. Don't, don't think just because it's not a wideout, and maybe they'll still do a wideout, but it's during if it's a 3:30 game, who knows? But um, even if it's not a wideout, they're going to get after it. They look at Ohio State as their main rival, um, Ohio, even though Ohio State obviously doesn't reciprocate that for years. Um, it was the only um, Big Ten school that Penn State shared, a, you know, a, a state border with. Um, and Ohio State's the top dog in the conference. So, and it's at their place. So, it's going to be a hostile environment, even though it's not a night game. Um, so, I expect a tough game. I expect that that'll be Ohio State's toughest game that they've played this year, including the Notre Dame game, which shouldn't have been as close as it was. I think if they played Notre Dame again, they'd, they'd slaughter them. But easy for me to say that they didn't the, the night they played. At least Ohio State got it together in the second half that game. They did dominate the second half against Notre Dame. It was 14 to nothing, and Notre Dame couldn't do anything. And Ohio State could just run whenever they wanted. So, But it took Ohio State a while to adjust to what Notre Dame was doing. So I expect Penn State to be the toughest team, certainly, that they've played so far. And tough environment. Add it all up. I expect a close game, but I expect Ohio State to win. What's a close game? Maybe Ohio State by 10. I don't think it's going to be a last-second field goal or anything. I won't be surprised if Ohio State takes it to them a little bit. I'll be shocked if it's a blowout, though. I don't think they're going to blow out Penn State. This is a good Penn State team. Now, James Franklin's not a good in-game coach, so that, that, that helps the situation if you're Ohio State. Okay, and then Michigan. I have watched them a lot. I, I try to not miss a Michigan game. Know your enemy, right? I, I know their roster extremely well. I do not miss, miss a game if I can help it. Um, didn't really see much of their Hawaii game. Their non-conference schedule, as I'm sure most of you know, not only was it easy, it was the easiest in the entire country. I'm not joking. There's 131 teams in, in Division One FBS. They should still call it Division One. That's stupid. Um, there's 131 teams in FBS, and Michigan had the 131st easiest schedule. 131 out of 131. Colorado State, Hawaii, UConn, three of the worst 10 or 15 teams in the country, especially Hawaii and Yukon. So finally got punched in the mouth and how'd they react? They at least beat Maryland, but Maryland's leading at, the, at one point 13 to 10 in that game in the second quarter. The only reason Michigan even had the lead is because the ball bounces off the guy's face mask as he's trying to catch the opening kickoff. First of all, why, why are you even trying to return that? Like just call the fair catch and get it to 25 and give it to what is a, a good Maryland offense. So that's another thing. Um, was Michigan exposed? I don't know if they were exposed, but they certainly don't look like a, a, as good as they were last year, which people were saying, oh, coming into the game, if you if you watch the game, the announcers are saying, there's a chance they're even better than what they were last year. No, they're not. You don't lose basically three first-round draft picks off your defense, and, and you're better. David Ajabo, second-round pick, but would have been if he didn't get, you know, Terra's Achilles, and then Aiden Hutchinson, number two overall pick, Dax Hill, 31st overall pick. And then you lose Ojabo. They lost a couple other starters off that defense, like Chris Hinton, um, you know, uh, Gray, the corner. So their defense – now, again, Maryland's got a really good offense. Like, Tunga Vailoa had a bad interception, but he can run and he can throw. And they've got four really good wide receivers. They've got a couple good running backs. And Maryland's got a good, big offensive line. All five are returning starters from last year. They're the only Big Ten team that has all their starters back on the offensive line. So – um, but Michigan's defense still is not what they were last year. Offense, I think they're better, but like McCarthy is not, 
he's he didn't look as good as I think he was touted to be. Let's let's just put it that way. And it was just one game. It's a small sample size, but he was struggling throwing the deep ball. Yes, he is mobile, but man, let's not confuse him with like Michael Vick or anything. Like he's mobile. He, he's you know he's not a statue back there, but he's not gonna he's not a guy that's gonna kill you with his legs against a team like Ohio State. Um, you know he can make you know he can run the the. The zone read and, and pick up some cheap first downs on scrambles. I get that. I'm not saying he can't run, but let's not get it confused. Like he's a great runner. He's a good runner. Okay. Um, and, but he, you know, he's inexperienced. This is his first time, you know, having to throw that many passes. And he, he wasn't that impressive. Okay. So overall with Michigan having to come to Ohio state um, now the day of, is everybody going to be worried about the game? If you have those nerves, you better, right? I mean, it's just natural. It's the game. But I think Ohio State's going to be more than fine against Michigan. I think they're going to take it to them. Not that it's going to be a blowout, but, man, you add it all up, this Ohio State roster and coaching staff, how hungry they are, uh, the revenge factor from last year and all the chirping Michigan did after the game, born on third base, think he hit a triple. Uh, I think Ohio State's got the better team. First time they get him in Columbus in four years. You add it all up. I think Michigan's in trouble. I, I tend to, if I had to be more worried about one team or the other, I, I'd probably say Penn State. Um, but I'm not that worried about either game because it's at Penn State. I think Penn, I think Michigan's a better team than Penn State. Not markedly better. I think that'll be a good game when those two play. It'll be interesting to see how Michigan does against Iowa this week, too. Iowa probably won't be able to score, but we'll see. Um, so it's close. But I'll say at Penn State's probably going to be the tougher game. But both, you know, both teams are good, but neither team is great. This Michigan team is not as good as they were last year. Now, if McCarthy turns into what they think he can be, all bets are off. And they maybe they will be a better team, but their defense isn't as good. Don't believe that nonsense that their defense is as good or better than last year. Give me a break. You don't lose three first round. This is Michigan doesn't reload like Ohio State does. You don't lose three first round picks off your defense and improve and other starters and your defensive coordinator. So, and their defensive coordinator, I don't think he's bad, but he's not the guy. He's not Mike McDonald, the guy they had last year. All right, I'm babbling way too much here. Maybe you guys don't mind me babbling. Maybe you do. I don't know. All right, we got how many more to get here to? About five more. All right, Noah Buckeye. Is the offensive line the difference between the Buckeyes winning a national championship or not? Noah Buckeye, is the O-line the difference between a national championship or not? I'm tempted to say yes. It's certainly a huge part. You know, and you can name a, a lot of other things, you know, uh, turnovers, you know, being more disruptive with set sacks and tackles for loss. And here's what I'm going to go with, though. Health. Health is the key. I feel like if this team doesn't fall apart, like, at corner, if they, if they can get JSN back healthy – they're going to be a really, really tough out, even for a Georgia or Alabama. But if all of a sudden they, they they're depleted at corner, and you got to go up against teams like that, if you know all of a sudden you know you don't have JSN, yeah, it's and then what if you know? And you can say, oh, okay, but they can win with a Mecca Buka. They can win a national title with the Mecca Buka and Marvin Harrison Jr. and Julian Fleming and Jaden Ballard and Xavier. J I agree with that. But what if one of those guys gets hurt? So. You're already down Jackson Smith and Jigba, which I don't, I can't believe they brought him back as early as they did with a hammy. And then he, now he's re injured it. And we're hearing he's out for a while. In fact, he's even saying he's out for a while. And then you never know when he comes back how, how he's going to be. That's a hammy. No injury in sports lingers longer than a hammy. You don't need to be a doctor to know that. You don't even need to stay at a Holiday Inn Express. Jokes from the 90s. Thank you very much. 
If you came for jokes from the 90s, I got you covered. Um, hey, I even gave you my favorite Buckeye ever, somebody from the 90s. 90s-themed show here, Orlando Pace. Okay. So is the offensive line the difference between the national title or not? I mean, you can make the argument that it is. It's a huge part, but I'm going to go with health. I don't like what I'm seeing with the health on this team. And we're only, you know, four games in. I know it's football, but, man, you only have six scholarship corners. You're down to three right now. Now, thank goodness none of them are, are long-term injuries, I don't think. I'm worried about JSN, though. Now, again, if Emeka and Marvin stay healthy, I'm really not that worried about it, but. Let's just hope those guys stay healthy. Okay. Another one from Noah Buckeye. I'm paraphrasing here. He's basically asking, well, he asked, has, is Ryan Day evolving as a play caller? Yes. He talked about different things with the tight end and eye formation and, and different things. It was a longer question than this. Basically, it was, is Ryan Day evolving as a play caller? He sure as hell is right before our eyes. Ryan Day is evolving as a play caller. Yes. Different concepts. Um, you know, doing things like mixing it up, you know, using Rossi as a fullback. They've always liked 12 personnel. They're just using it different this year. It helps that Cade Stover is an absolute beast. He looks phenomenal. And they've had good tight ends. I've talked about this. Like, I think he's the best tight end in recent memory at Ohio State. And I don't say that lightly because think about it. They just had this string of NFL tight ends. Impressive. It, it doesn't get enough talk because they don't catch a lot of passes. That's why nobody talks about it. But Jeff Hireman third round pick very next year nick vanette third round pick okay this past year jeremy ruckert third round pick a sandwich in between those guys luke farrell fifth round pick boom 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 four guys right in a row um nfl draft picks three of them third round picks and i think kate server is the best of that bunch so that helps and mitch rossi's a heck of a just guy to have on the team sixth year senior love it former walk-on now on scholarship is Ryan day evolving as a play caller. Yes. And he still can do all the stuff that we already loved about him with the, the concepts in the passing game and what he does there. But yes, you know, the way he's running the ball now and using the tight end. Yes, yes, yes. He's evolving as a play caller and he was already great. You got to love that. He didn't come in here saying like, uh, you know, it's the defense's fault. I'm a great play caller. We had the number one offense in the country last year, scoring in total. I don't need to evolve. Uh, that's another thing I love about Ryan day. He, very little ego. If at all, I, he, if he, everybody has a ego, but like he has very little ego, if at all. I mean, it's just, he's so humble, such a good guy. So I'm allowed to criticize him a little bit, right. About the only having six scholarship corners roster mismanagement. Cause I, I pretty much love everything else about him. Six scholarship corners. How did that, how did you let that happen? How do you let that happen? And I didn't want Eli Ricks, by the way. I didn't want Eli Ricks. I get not wanting him. I don't even think he's playing at Alabama or playing much. You couldn't find somebody else in the portal. You couldn't talk Ryan Watson to staying. You just can't go into a season with six scholarship corners, three of which are freshmen. Ugh. Everything else about Ryan Day I love. And, yes, he's, he's evolving as a play caller. Devil 09. Does Marvin Harrison Sr. attend every game? I don't know, but now you have me intrigued. I want to find out. I met him um, at a practice one time. I called him Mr. Harrison. He was very nice. NFL Hall of Famer, Marvin Harrison Jr. Does he attend every game? I don't know. I'll find out for you, though. Devil 09. I'll find out. Now I'm, now I'm curious. Okay. Number 12. We talked about this earlier. I told you I'd get to this one. This is from Man on the Moon. Which young corner 
has impressed me the most? And when is Ohio State going to get Jordan Hancock back? When you say young corner, I guess we're talking J.K. Johnson and um, Jair Brown, really. I mean, Ryan Turner hasn't played that much. Jair Brown started as a true freshman, and he looked good to me in the spring, too. Um, J.K. Johnson's looked good, but I'll, I'll say, be, you know, he's been up and down. I thought J.K. Johnson played really well this last game. Uh, I thought both of them did. I'll say because he's a true freshman, Jair Brown. I loved his film, too. This is a guy that was playing top competition in uh, New Orleans, Louisiana, you know, even he says in like, you know, middle school, it was tough down there and then early high school. And then he finished his high school days um, at Lakota West, who obviously plays big time high school football here in Ohio, D1. So he's always played against tough, uh, tough competition, both in Louisiana. He considers New Orleans his hometown, um, born in Cincinnati, moved to New Orleans at a very young age and then moved back to the Cincinnati area, um, I believe, like at the age of 16 or 17. So he considers New Orleans his hometown. Um, I'll go with Jair Brown, but it's close. I like what I see out of J.K. Johnson, too. Um, then for, for all the, you know, bitching and moaning about a uh, wide receiver, talking about me here, for all the crying about the lack of depth, thank goodness for Jair Brown and J.K. Johnson, huh? And Ryan Turner, they just took the black stripe off him last week. He got in the game. He got in an actual game before he got his black stripe taken off. But now that the black stripe is off, they might need Ryan Turner as well, another true freshman. But Jair Brown looked good to me in the spring, too. He's he's looked like he's belonged from day one. He can cover. He's physical. He looks athletic. Jair Brown, could he be this year's Denzel Burke just coming on the scene a little later? A guy that enrolled early, you know, was a you know a good recruit, but wasn't like an elite level recruit. You know, could he be kind of turn into the Denzel Burke of this year? Let's hope Denzel Burke comes back and turns into the Denzel Burke of last year. I was hoping Denzel Burke would be a better version of what he was last year, and he was good as a true freshman. I don't know what's going on with Denzel Burke. It's one of the things I'm going to ask Ryan Day about at the press conference tomorrow. I'm sure I won't be the only one. So I'll go with Jair Brown. All right. Final question on the show here. Great questions. Great questions out of you guys. Tip of the cap. Tip of the Bengals cap to you guys for the great questions here. All right. Final question. 13th and final question on the Bucknuts morning 32 and change. Um, yeah, when we first launched the show way back in the day, um, Mr. Bucknuts wanted it to literally be a five-minute show. Got people's attention span, they just five minutes. He wanted five minutes and done. Five minutes and done. And every we never ever got a comment saying, Man, wish the show was a little shorter. Anytime we got a comment about the length of the show, it was. I like the show, but can you guys go a little longer? Maybe not even necessarily I like the show. It was just, can we? Can you guys go a little longer? The Anytime anybody commented on the length of the show, there was never one comment about, can you go shorter? It was always, can you go longer? So eventually, eventually, Dan Rubin and I talked Lee into letting us go longer. Lee Shear, Mr. Bucknuts. Great man. Great man. Founder of Bucknuts. Okay, last one. If Ohio State was in the SEC... How would they do? This is from Buckeye4527. If Ohio State was in the SEC, how would they do? I think they would be more than fine. Now, the SEC is clearly a better conference than the Big Ten. I'm not breaking news there. Um, this year, last 20 years, you name it. Um, but I look at the SEC this year. Who's the third highest ranked team in the SEC? Kentucky. I mean, Kentucky was tied in the second quarter against Youngstown State. Okay, that's the third best team in the SEC this year. 
Now, Georgia and Alabama are excellent. Now, they, they've they had their warts, though, too. I mean, I think I think Bama would have lost to Texas if Quinn Ewers didn't get hurt. You know, I think most people agree with that. Um, they still almost won the game even with Ewers getting hurt. Bama wins that game by one point. Texas isn't that good. They just lost to Texas Tech. Now, without Ewers, but still. So, Alabama's not the juggernaut that they've been. Is Georgia as good as they were last year? How can you be? There's no way they are. Now, I think maybe offensively, I can't believe Stetson Bennett's turned into like a lead. It used to be like he was like their Krenzel, like with a great defense, you can win with him, like manage the game. You know, you got to play. Like now it's like he's like making like NFL type throws. I mean, he looks really good. He's turned himself into a very good college quarterback. So tip of the cap to him. So they're both very good teams. Um, but Ohio State would be no worse than the third best team in the SEC. They'd be fine. And I think they'd give Georgia and Alabama all they could handle. And friends, I think we're going to find out. I think we're going to find out. I see I, I see Ohio State going 13-0, and and it's not going to be easy against Penn State and Michigan, maybe at Maryland, you know, maybe Iowa. Probably not Iowa. Probably not at Michigan State. They look terrible. You never know, though. But Maryland's offense is very good. The game is the game. At Penn State, again, I think could be tough. But, um, you know, Minnesota looks good. That could be the Big Ten championship game opponent. That probably would be. And they look legit. Ibrahim is a beast, as we know. Um, Tanner Morgan's a good quarterback. But I think Ohio State's going to be 13-0, and they're going get to get their shot against Georgia or Alabama. Maybe both. Maybe they'll beat one in the semifinals, one in the, in the championship game. I think they're going to get their shot. So how would Ohio State do in the SEC? They'd be really good. They'd be no worse than the third-best team this year, and they'd be right there with Alabama and, and Georgia. Um, I like the way this Ohio State roster stacks up against Alabama. You've seen – it was either, I, I think it was The Athletic. It was either The Athletic or ESPN+. Plus. This is the last thing I'll say. They were quoting anonymous sources from the NFL saying they've never seen an Alabama team with this – much of a lack of team speed on the perimeter. We're talking wide receivers and corners. They said they have never seen an Alabama team. They didn't say slow because they're not slow. Comparatively speaking to other Alabama teams, just the team that's dominated college football for the last, what, 15 years. But comparatively speaking, their corners and wide receivers are nowhere near what they have been, according to these NFL scouts. And this was these were several NFL scouts saying this, not just one or two. So, hey, appreciate all the questions. Uh, very long show here. Um, you guys can let me know if I went too long or, or too short. Uh, maybe this is one of the few times we're going to get a comment that I went too long. Um, appreciate you guys. I know you have a lot of choices. Uh, thanks for tuning into the show. Um, if you like the show, like, subscribe, give us a five-star review. All that stuff really helps. Dan Rubin will be coming at you tomorrow, as usual, on Tuesdays. Thanks again. Appreciate all the questions from Bucknut subscribers. Um, thanks to everybody for tuning in. Hope everyone has a great rest of your day. Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man. Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. 
spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.